Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Ah, picnics. Just sitting on a blanket on some grass with your family or friends or strangers or even all by yourself. There are two components to the perfect picnic, in my humble opinion. One, you need a good spot, though that could take a lot of forms, rural, urban, and in between. Two, you need good food. We're counting on all of you to deliver us great locations, but we're bringing the heat today with food expertise. Our food editor, Luke Sai has written the guide to Bay Area picnicking, and we'll be joined this hour by the dynamite chef, Samin Nosrat, of salt, fat, acid, heat fame. Get your blanket, pull out your All Trails app, drag the sun from behind the fog. It's time for a picnic show, our latest all-you-can-eat after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is our latest edition of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, our regular series about the Bay Area's food cultures. Luke's got a new story up about how to put together the perfect and extremely Bay Area picnic. I'm just going to quote him. When assembling a picnic spread for your next outdoor eating excursion, it's important to keep a few basic principles in mind. Food should be reasonably portable and easy to share with the crowd. Bonus points if you can eat it with your hands. It should taste good at room temperature or hold up well in a cooler full of ice. Most importantly, it should be delicious and ideally take advantage of the diverse food cultures we're lucky enough to have in the Bay Area. Yes, Luke, this is correct. And welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Alexis. Happy to be here. We're also joined this morning by Chef Samin Nosrat. You may know her from her New York Times cooking columns or her best-selling book, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, which sold a million copies, by the way. I looked it up. Or the Netflix show based on the book. Or perhaps you've just been lucky enough to eat her food at a local dinner around town. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Samin. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Um, Samin, what kind of memories do you have of picnics growing up? Oh, well, I grew up in San Diego, so... I would say the majority of my picnics happened uh, at the beach, mm. which um, my mom was like a masterful cooler packer. <laughs> <laughs> she was all, she was really good at um, at just having being ready, sort of at the drop of a hat. And also, my family's from Iran, and I think Iranians really excel at like a we're like a. Really good picnickers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's a national picnicking holiday. Like the uh, part of Persian New Year, the 13th day of the of the new year is a, like a national picnic. And so... Um, so what would go into the cooler? 
Um, well, it depends. I mean, you know, in San Diego, it's pretty warm most of the most of the year. And so we would have kind of like and going to the beach, you're, you get hot. So there was just a lot of like things to have once you get too hot. Mm. So um, I would say like a lot of like sliced watermelon, mm. sliced cucumbers. And then you balance like that sort of refreshing watery thing with maybe like a lavash roll with with feta or um, oh, there would be like always like grapes to pop into your mouth mm. after a little bit of feta. Um, another like classic Persian sort of sandwich is um, this sort of chicken salad. It's called salad olivia, which is kind of like Russian salad. It's that, um, you know, chicken, it's like a mayonnaise eggy chicken mm. salad. Mm -hmm. And that might come in, in like a pita pocket or a lavash roll. And so that would be like a thing you'd pull out of the cooler. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Iranians also really love mortadella. So there'd be like a lot of like, <laughs> cold cuts and uh <laughs> the, and then definitely potato chips a lot of potato chips i mean there's something about popping a grape into your mouth lying down on a on a blanket that really feels like that is the height of a certain kind of luxury um absolutely um luke how about you memories of family picnics yeah well uh similar to samin you know i grew up in an immigrant family um and so i think like all family outings and and picnics were really the product of that experience. Um, so I, you know, in, in an earlier episode, I think we talked about sort of like the assimilation foods, you know, like foods that immigrants would prepare in America that would kind of capture the flavors of their home country while using, you know, ingredients that you could get at, at a regular supermarket. And so like our picnics were very much kind of a, a mishmash of like seemingly clashing <laughs> things, you know, <laughs> Um, my mom would make, um, you know, her famous peanut butter cold noodles, um, or she would make these sort of home style um, sushi rolls um, mm. with um, like cucumber and egg and um, pork floss in them. Um, but, you know, similar to some, you know, we'd also have potato chips. Um, there'd be, you know, if, if there was a grill, maybe there'd be hot dogs. You know, my dad really liked those um, Polish uh kielbasa sausages <laughs> so, so god we my family good. too was that it was that like the balsamic vinaigrette uh vinaigrette yeah. of um stuffed meat things yeah so we you know so we might have that um and yes uh lots of lots of fruit um and so yeah you know i have i have really fond memories of of those kind of picnics growing up well, I have to say I'm quite jealous of both of you. And I think maybe it's because I grew up in a rural place, but we like never went picnicking. So I had to learn how to picnic, you know, as an adult, basically like in Dolores Park. <laughs> That's where I really learned how to picnic and I, or, or out on hikes. And I feel like I, I'm thinking about this show. The one thing I really love about a picnic is when you have to cut a cheese with something that's not meant to cut cheese. I think there's something really fun <laughs> about being like, I don't know, is it a knife? Can you do it with a corkscrew? You know, um, there's something really you're like, okay, we're, we're living in the outdoors now. Totally. Um, we're talking about how and where to throw a great picnic with KQED food editor Luke Sai and chef Samin Nosrat. We'd love to hear from you. What's your favorite spot for a picnic in the Bay Area? It could be a famous cold weather picnic out on the beach in San Francisco, <laughs> or it could be in, you know, the interior in Mount Diablo when it's a hundred degrees. Um, let us know. What's your favorite spot? The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786.
888-789-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. Um, Luke, you have this article that's up, and you kind of go through, this is not your typical picnic fair. You're not just saying, go to Market Hall at Rockridge and get the Kale Caesar. Like you're going like uh, much, much further afield, both like in terms of what you're covering, uh, food cuisines, as well as like kind of coverage of the Bay Area. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, where I'm coming from is I think a lot of times when food publications do picnic related coverage, the orientation is always on this sort of like cheese, baguette, charcuterie, finger sandwich kind of picnic, which like, don't get me wrong, like, I love all of those things. Like, if you give me a good French baguette, like, I will do serious damage. (laughs) Um, But I also think like a lot of folks who grew up in the Bay Area have this completely different kind of uh, picnic vocabulary that's rooted in the food communities that uh, they come from, you know, a lot of immigrant food communities, uh, multicultural food communities. And so when you go to parks and beaches in the Bay Area and you see these like big multi-generational families, you know, gathered around a picnic table, um, you might see, you know, bread and cheese and things like that. But you also see like people hitting reheating like the big pot of tamales on the grill. That's the picnic I want to be at, man. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right. You'll see like a big trays of lumpia. You know, you'll see um, people grilling oysters, you know. And so I wanted to put together a picnic list that better reflected the kinds of picnics that I've really experienced in the Bay Area. And and yeah, like some easy, the kind of picnic that I want to be invited to, (laughs) you know, Um, whether you're talking about homemade things that people are preparing um, or, and and the the list is more designed like, okay, you know, you're going to picnic in this spot. Um, Well, one of the unique things about the Bay area is we have all these pockets of communities so that, you know, you know, if you go down to Fremont, there is like amazing Afghan and Indian food. And if you go down to Santa Clara, there is all this amazing Korean food. And so depending on your picnic destination, you can really kind of map out like, okay, well, well, then I can I can hit up this spot and grab this amazing thing that's going to make everybody, you know, ideally mm. burst into applause. <laughs> that's what you're going for. <laughs> when I walk when I walk into that picnic, which I think is always my goal. <laughs> That's a problem for you, totally. too, because people know your food people, too. So they're like, Luke and Samin better show up with something good. It's, a stre- it's stressful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> What's your number one thing, Samin? Like if you I know you have hmm. so many different things you can make, but like what like tomorrow if you had to go to a picnic? If I had to go, well, yeah, yeah, this is now you're, you know, now I'm, you've thrown me off because right now all I can think about is empanadas for some reason, <laughs> but I wouldn't make those. I would buy them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm all about the sort of the food that can steep. Like I'm, I'm, I'm big into like making things that just get better as they sit. Mm. But, um, so I probably, I really like those shooter sandwiches, those kind of, or the kind of sandwiches, like you get a big loaf of bread, like a ciabatta or something, and you scrape out the dough on the inside, and then you build something. You know, the cla- it's called a shooter sandwich because, you know, it's like a old British hunters would make these things, and they would sort of like fill it with cold cuts and cheeses, and then um, wrap it up overnight, and then they would take it on their hunting trip, and it would sort of only get better as it sat. 
and then you would eat this like slice, this slice, and it would just be this perfect thing. But you can make it however you want. You can make it all marinated vegetables, or you can make it with a muffaletta style or caprese or whatever. What is muffaletta style? Um, you know, like muffaletta is that classic New Orleans sandwich. Mm-hmm. Luke helped Luke helped me a little bit with in there. There's it's got like, like tapenade on it. Is that um, yeah? It's like I, a, the o- like olive spread. Yeah, olive yeah. spread and a whole bunch a, of cold cuts and a mu- million kinds of cold yeah, cuts. Like yeah, like provolone <laughs> yeah. cheese and. Yeah. It's um, it's just kind of like a little bit spicy and really delicious. It's just like a delicious sandwich of meats and cheeses and spreads. Why why does it get better? Is it sitting there? Um, everything sort of melds together, but it's not. It's built in such a way that it doesn't get soggy. I think mm. that's the thing. Is like the construction of the sandwich is really important, and you don't want to put things that are gonna. Um, you don't want to put like lettuce, or <laughs> or things that are going to uh, you know, get kind of sad overnight or with as they sit or maybe even make you sick so you kind of want to think carefully about the things that improve with marinating and melding rather than the things that um deteriorate and (laughs) and that's why also you want to start with a nice crusty bread so that as it absorbs the juices it just softens rather than falls apart i love that um we are talking about how and where to throw a great picnic with chef samin nosrat author of salt fat Acid Heat, and KQED food editor Luke Sai. He's written a great article on KQED.org, how to put together the perfect Bay Area picnic. A couple comments coming in um, for where and what to eat. Nicole comments, we love hiking to Kirby Cove and picking up Italian subs and a bag of sour cream and onion chips. We may have to have a separate chip chip discussion later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, another listener tweets, favorite place for a San Francisco picnic is Washington Square Park. Mm. And the food, grilled chicken with a combo salad from Il Polayo, Polayo, mm. mm, right around the corner on Columbus. Perfect food for a sunny day in the city. We'd love to hear from you. Favorite spot? For a picnic. That's what we're asking up first. Uh, the number is 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're KQED Forum. More on picnics, more on chips. When we come back, I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about how and where to throw a great picnic, joined by KQED food editor Luke Sai. This is, of course, All You Can Eat with Luke Sai. And today we've got Chef Samin Nosrat, author of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, also star of the Netflix show based on the book. I want to get to um, some callers that we're going to throw at you too, Luke and Samin. Um, Mishi in San Francisco. Welcome. I'm so excited to tell you about the classic Bay Area spot. <laughs> and that's Tamales Bay. And you go up there to get some amazing oysters at the Tamales Bay Oyster Company. But on your way, you stop by Soul Food and you get the pepper vinaigrette. Mm. And I swear, this thing is the ultimate condiment for oysters. And then you go up there, you get your oysters, and you pull over. You find, like, a little inlet spot on the road. Mm-hmm. And you know there's a picnic area there because if there's a place to pull out, then... Then there will be a picnic be spot. epic little spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's my favorite. Uh, that's so good. I know. That is one of those things where when you're, when you're just thinking about a perfect day in the Bay Area, somehow that will always rise up. Um, so, I mean, you... you have done this, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Very, very, very many times. <laughs> yeah. And um, I I also, when I used to work at Chez Panisse, we would have sort of like an annual party there. Mm. And um, it was pretty fun because you we would just go up there and like the, you would sort of like take over the whole area. And there's all the kinds of ways that we would eat the oysters. And so I and I didn't grow up eating shellfish. So I'm still I'm still a little bit like of a shellfish baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's it's been this interesting thing to sort of like learn and witness all the different ways that people eat oysters, you know? I'm still I would say probably raw is my my favorite, but um but just like yeah, all the different things that people like to put on them and all the different like a uh, little I, I yeah, I I think I'm I'm the like classic simple, like a yeah. I like a squeeze a lemon or just like a tiny tiny bit of little um you know, just like a little tiny bit of mignonette. But what's the, will you say the name of this sauce again? It was a pepper, vin- uh, Mishi's gone now, but it was oh, a, a pepper vinaigrette from a place a pepper called vinaigrette, Yeah, that sounds kind of good. That yeah. does sound and good. And so, but I, I, like I've seen all the different kinds of like barbecued oysters now. And um, yeah, it is just going to the, going and sitting at the sea, like at the, like at the side of the bay and having oysters is just one of the truly like the most special things I think about the Bay Area. Also, anytime I'm looking at a Tamales Bay, I'm trying to see bat rays because one time I saw them oh. migrating. It was the most amazing <laughs> thing. It was like a flock of rays. And wow. you were just like, this is so incredible. Beautiful. Um, Luke, do you know, talk to me about barbecuing um, oysters and, and how you would think about that. I just did it for the first time and it, I could not believe how delicious it was. It was, seemed like unfair. It, it is delicious. You know, I, I think similar to Samin, I'm, I'm also like, I, I tend towards the, the raw oysters on the half shell. Um, but barbecuing them is, is like a great way to mix it up. Um, and I think, especially with the larger oysters, you know, I think like the bigger oysters, I think people might be a little bit more squeamish about just kind of like taking that down. Got to take some deep breaths before (laughs) you're like, Um, yeah. But if it's like a nice meaty oyster um, and you just put that on the grill and again, you don't you don't need a lot on it. I mean, people some people like to do it with like barbecue sauce or some people like it with like hot sauce, but it really doesn't need much. 
um, because you're really just like, it's a thing that's just cooking in its own juices, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the, you know, and actually Tamales Bay Oyster Company was one of the spots that I shouted out um, on my list. And in addition to what everyone said, I just want to uh, recall how that actually used to be one of my favorite picnic spots mm-hmm. in the whole Bay Area, because it used to be um, that the whole place where they were selling the oysters, like right around it was a picnic grounds. That was like the spot where you would go and like if I could capture like the multicultural Bay Area, you know, that was the spot. Like it was like Latino families and Filipino families like with their grandmas and with their grandkids, you know, and everybody just like seriously like bring coolers full of like all kinds of stuff and spending the whole day there. And I guess it was just so popular that um, <laughs> people would just park their cars along the highway, and then, like, I think the neighbors complained. Eventually, and, and, yeah, and, uh, and a it saga. Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a saga, but I, I have great, great memories of going yeah, out there. You know, Luke, that's so cool. I have to say, I didn't really realize that, oy- like, oystering, <laughs> if you can make it a verb, is um, what is such a sort of big part of so many different cultures. And so, it's cool to hear that so many different people from all over the world it's it's such a part of their picnicking yeah yeah absolutely 100 percent. yeah um let's bring in ian in san francisco welcome ian hey how's it going good uh, good for having me on. hey uh i wanted to uh recommend uh, a local sf sort of hidden gem for picnicking and that is the uh glen park canyon uh there's a, a great big field and this big hidden sort of canyon, and it's right by the canyon market. Uh, it's soon to be at Gus's, I believe, but a great place to pick up some supplies and have a great day out in the middle of the city. With a big bonus, it's right by a bar uh, stop. It's super accessible. Totally. Glen, Glen Park Canyon is so beautiful, so underrated. And sometimes you can see a little coyote, too. Sorry, apparently I'm just going to shout out wildlife on this show. But, <laughs> 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 but, but that's what I think about Glen Park Canyon. Um, and Canyon Market is uh, is one of those just perfect urban grocery stores that has all the stuff. Um, do you, uh, you want to talk a little bit? Uh, there's a, a type of bread called senorita bread um, that I was hoping you could talk a little bit about, um, Luke, because... It is so special. It's so good. And if people haven't had it, they just they need to know this is a need to know thing. Uh, Yeah, I would love to talk about it. You know, like I joke that I made this list, you know, and and I sort of pride myself in being like a a picnic person, you know, and and being being someone who thinks very thoughtfully about what I'm going to bring to a picnic. But the truth is, like 90 percent of the time. I'm just going to bring a big box of Senorita bread. (laughs) That is almost always my contribution. And so, you know how uh, folks who who know L.A. know that they they have Porto's, you know, which is this famous Cuban bakery that um, like if you go to a, a potluck, um, or, or or a picnic uh, down in LA, chances are someone's going to bring a big box of their cheese cheese rolls and their uh, sort of guava pastries. And that's like a thing. Like that's like the classic thing to do. And in the Bay Area, we don't have that. And what we have instead is senorita bread, mm. which is um, th- there are these pillowy, sweet, um, buttery, 
rolls that come from this Filipino bakery chain uh, called Starbread, mm-hmm. which um, probably the most famous one is in Daly City. Um, prior to the pandemic, it used to be open 24 hours. Um, so you could go in the middle of the night um, and they and and they famously uh, bake these rolls fresh, like all throughout the day. And so when you order it, it always comes out piping hot. Um, and, you know, they look they look sort of like, I don't know, like around the size and shape of like a little hot dog bun. Um, and they're just super buttery and, and they've got like a little crunch of sugar. Um, and the key is like they stay to warm. To 30 well. of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can you can reheat them. Um, and they are just delicious, um, you know, just so satisfying and and so inexpensive that, yeah, you like I go and I'll buy a box of 50 or I'll buy wow. a box of 100. Wow. Um, and it costs like nothing. <laughs> um, and you just bring it and and everybody is happy. Bring it to a potluck. Bring it to a picnic. Everybody is happy. Yeah. So if, if you if you have one takeaway <laughs> from this show. Uh, go check out Senorita. They have it in Daly City. They have it in Vallejo. They have it Richmond, right? Where in I Richmond? live. In, yeah. It, yeah, it's a sort of San Pablo, Richmond uh, border. That's the one that I go to. Um, but anywhere where there are a lot of Filipinos, I think like Tracy, I think there's one. Like any anywhere like that, you'll find them. Um, great, great amazing. picnic item. Um, Samin, you make an amazing pita bread is that is that the number one bread that you would make to bring to a to a picnic if i were making my own yeah i either the pita or maybe focaccia anything Mm. where like it's going to be able to hold i think pita is nice because it's something that can hold like i i think kind of along the lines of the tamale um i think a perfect sort of picnic concept is foods wrapped like wrapped in things <laughs> like contained foods you know because you want to be able to sort of pick it up and eat it and like ideally you're you're either eating the wrapping or just peeling away and discarding the wrapping and so uh you're thinking of i'm thinking of things like tamales that you maybe make or buy or like another perfect wrapped food is the original one is the hard-boiled egg, mm. or, <laughs> right? Or, um, yeah, if I'm making a bread, I would say maybe, like, the little pitas. The pitas are nice because they just – they have a very small time commitment. Like, you can make it in, in a span of a few hours. And then um, and then you, like, you know, cut off the top and you, like, stuff them with whatever and then you, you're you on your way. Um, but you also don't have to make pitas. You, there are so many great pitas you can buy here in the Bay Area. And you you can just pack them filled with little things and you have a little pocket. You can just, you can carry your little pockets. Because <laughs> yes. I think when I'm thinking of picnics, my main sort of, I, I think I want to sort of travel light, basically. I mm. want to minimize silverware. I want to minimize mm. all the stuff I have to bring. You know, there's the sort of maximalist picnic where you're like creating like a table setting for Instagram or something, but that's not me. Like, you know, I want to do like when I schlep, that's a job that's catering. I want to minimize schlepping. I want to have fun and, um, sort of create maximum efficiency. So I'll even like pour water into my water bottle and freeze it overnight so that my ice becomes the, you know, my water bottle becomes the ice pack in my cooler. (laughs) And then (laughs) it's chilling the stuff in the cooler and also then is melting as I'm drinking it. And, um, and 
yeah, it's kind of like let everything play a double role. I love that. We're talking about how and where to throw a great picnic. Joined by Chef Samin Nosrat, KQED food editor, Luke Sai. Here's something we'd love to hear from you. Tell us one of your great memories of a picnic. We got to share some of ours. You can share yours. The number is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're KQED Forum. Let's go to uh, Rachel in Albany. Welcome, Rachel. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, thanks for joining us. A big, uh, for me and my kids, picnics became a big thing during the pandemic. Um, and what we would do is get our Japanese rice triangles, which are like easy for kids to kind of hold and eat. And uh, we would drive to the Bulb in Albany, um, and we would park backwards so that we could face the ocean and we would open the trunk in our outback. Um, and we would have rice triangles and just kind of enjoy each other and the beach. And, you know, during the pandemic, there was not much to do but being outside. And so that's a special memory that oh. we have. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. And also a wrapped food. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was, exactly. I, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, talk, talking about self-contained foods, like all of those rice-wrapped things, you know, we're talking, like, you're talking Japanese onigiri, um, but then there's also kimbap, you know, mm -hmm. like Korean kimbap. Um, there's also va the various masubis um, from Hawaiian food. Um, you know, all those things are well represented on my list, um, and I think all of those things are just perfect foods to bring to a picnic. Um, Samin, I don't know if you have um, heard of this one that Luke uh, put into the list, but it's from Takahashi Market in San Mateo, and it's a, a salmon and crawfish musubi. Ooh, I have not heard of that one, but I do love musubis. So, I, yeah, I don't know that one specifically, but... Yeah. I mean, Luke, tell, tell, can you tell us a little bit about why that one specifically? Yeah, I mean, first of all, that market is just so special. Like, it has such a long history. Like, going, like, I think the business opened in like 1906, and it was like part of like those very, very early like first Japanese communities that settled in California. And I think mm -hmm. initially it was this general store, and the owner would ride by horseback out to Half Moon wow. Bay to wow. sell things to the Japanese farmers who were out there. Um, and over time, it evolved. And like for the past 20 years or so, it's been it's been kind of this Japanese Hawaiian market. And so they do like a really excellent Hawaiian plate lunch. Um, they do poke and then they do all kinds of masubi like you know, everybody knows spam masubi, which they do. But they also have like a dozen different kinds. And so they'll do like um, an unagi, like a grilled uh, eel um, musabi, and they have all kinds of seafood musabis. And so my favorite is the salmon and crawfish. The crawfish is like subtle, but it's there. Um, the salmon is like moist and delicious. And then it's it's got mayonnaise and it's dotted with um, tobiko, you know, like the, mm -hmm. the little yeah. the little fish row. Um, and it is just like to me, that is the perfect bite. Um, and and <laughs> that like is so cool. that is like the most luxurious thing I can imagine <laughs> bringing to a picnic. And, I and totally need to seek out that market up here. I live in the East Bay and um, we have Tokyo fish, which mm -hmm. I also love to go. I, that, I definitely on my way to the beach will stop there and get a bunch of prepared foods and like also many, many crunchy Japanese snacks. 
of all sorts of different kinds. <laughs> I'll come up with any excuse yeah. to go to Tokyo Fish. Totally. I absolutely it's another great, love that It's place. another great place to stop for, for, um, for, for Japanese snacks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we have a bunch of people writing in with different uh, places. There's some real classics in here. I love this one. One listener writes, Brooklyn Basin in Oakland. You can sit on the hill, watch the boats on the estuary, and the roller skaters boogieing by. Another listener writes, any spot in Golden Gate Park with a baguette and cheese from any store. <laughs> I like that person. They're just like, it doesn't really matter. Golden Gate Park is amazing. And I actually think somehow, somehow still underrated, even though everyone knows about it. Um, Celeste writes, I'm a rock climber and I love going to Turtle Rock in Belvedere Tiburon with fellow climbers. We'll bring a bunch of snacks and drinks to picnic on our crash pads while enjoying the view and climbing. Dana writes in to say, during the pandemic, my husband decided we would just go on driving trips to all the coast locales. I would prepare a make-in-the-car cooler bruschetta with olives, tomato, oil, and seasonings, pieces of bread, cold cuts, and bottled sodas. Then we would sit in the back of the SUV with the door open, looking at the ocean in our own vehicle cubby. You know, it's interesting. Do you, Luke, do you think you developed a different relationship with picnicking through that pandemic period because of the sort of stories that people are mentioning? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the things that the pandemic, I mean, in addition to sort of the outdoors uh, being for a long time, the, the only thing that you, the only place you could go, the only thing you can do, like the previous caller mentioned. Um, but I think the pandemic also really kind of redefined uh, the way that people think about takeout you know, mm. and, the, and, the, and the way that restaurants treat takeout, you know, and so I think, um, you know, out of necessity, restaurants started doing all kinds of stuff that you could get to go um, that previously you couldn't. And some of that has just carried on, even as we're into this, like, post-pandemic or late pandemic -pandemic. Time, time, <laughs> time that we're at right now, yeah. you know. And so I think, you know, like, Ultimately, you know, I, I I think I put all these criteria like this is what makes a good picnic food. But like ultimately, like what makes a good picnic food is just like whatever the heck you want to eat for a picnic, right, is yeah. a great picnic food. And so I think, you know, if you want to get takeout picking duck from Great China <laughs> in Berkeley um, and bring that to your picnic, I say the more power to you. And that used to be a, a thing that was impossible to do prior to the yeah. pandemic. We're and talking... now you get you get it in a big aluminum tray and mm. they give you like your little your little um your little wraps um and uh like and you're that set is, yeah that, you're set i did that <laughs> for like two two consecutive birthdays for my daughter during the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> uh we're talking about picnics with kqd food editor luke sai and chef samin nosrat i'm alexis madrigal stay tuned for more right after the break Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We are talking picnics. We are here almost summertime. Doesn't exactly feel like it, at least in the city. But it's almost summertime. Time for picnicking. We're joined by KQED food editor Luke Sai, as well as chef Samin Nozrat. Luke put together an incredible guide. It's called How to Put Together the Perfect Bay Area Picnic. We're going to take a bunch of your calls uh, during this segment of the show, as well as get to a bunch of your amazing comments all right, uh, Luke and Samin, this sounds amazing. This is a northern Mexican desert uh, picnic. This is uh, Jesus writes in to say, I'm from a town in northern Mexican desert. We picnic a bit differently. I grew up packing burritos de chicharrón prensado, frijoles con queso, and asado de boda with my mom, and our burritos are nothing like California burritos. On our way to the desert, we'd stop by for gorditas de cocedor, and let them sit and sweat in a cooler until we got to our spot. We'd also barbecue some yummy carne asada, Argentinian and Spanish chorizo, ribeye steaks, and if we wanted to take our disc, we'd cook up a discada with mesquite wood. We'd cut ourselves out by the mountain to fight the heat. We'd buy the world's sweetest watermelon and cantaloupe from town oh in God. Durango. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that is the maximalist version. You win. You win. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Seuss, we're in. You can. You got the email. It's forum at kqed.org. We're ready to go with your mom. Um, I mean, that is... I do. I like the idea that a picnic can literally be anything, but the dude who's like, get a baguette and go to go sit on a, you know, <laughs> the grass in Goliath Park, to Jesus, who's like, no, yeah. we're journeying to the mountains, we're cutting our own mesquite, <laughs> and we're doing this thing. Um, that is awesome. I have not. I have. I have never experienced a picnic of that uh, epic grandeur. Would you? Would either of you think you've seen something that that good picnic style? Wow. I, oh man. Oh, I mean, that is really special. That is really, really extraordinary. Um, I, you know, I've definitely had my experiences with, with, um, with some special cooks where like we've done some kinds of insane things like, uh, you know, digging holes in, in the, in the middle of nowhere and, and burying lambs Mm. and cooking them overnight and stuff like that. So I've had, I've had all sorts of fun things. There may be, sort of extreme picnicking. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah. but 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 that's kind of like I would call that sport picnicking. Um <laughs> that's the Francis this, this Malman is, stuff, right? You're just yeah, like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, go yeah, out yeah. by the lake. So and... I, I, I almost don't feel comfortable talking about that in yeah. public. But um but this, you know what Jesus is talking about comes from like, you know, from from tradition and in family culture and mm-hmm. and I think that has a like a place in my heart that is is like that's what I want to experience and see is it's not about sort of trying to outdo outdo anyone. It's about yeah. just like this is this is where this is like this is something about um yeah, family history. You and, don't think his mom was trying to show up her sister? I'm just kidding. Maybe, maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, here's another amazing one. I'm going to go back to the phone. This one, this one sounds so good. Scott writes, I was an English teacher in Japan many years ago, and the supreme time to picnic was during Hanami, the cherry blossom season. The humming sounds of nature, trees in full bloom are everywhere. Put down a blanket, pack some onigiris, some beverages, some sweets, and enjoy the wonderful time with friends in amazing nature. Oh, mm. That's beautiful. I, I got to remember to do that. Um, uh, let's go to uh, Zoji in San Carlos. Welcome. Hi. I can't believe I have to follow up that picnic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. That was tough. Hi, Bar. Hi, Bar, Zoji. Yeah, but, uh, you know, as a kid, the one of, like, my core childhood memories would be going to the ferry building, mm. you know, kind of early in the morning and, you know, gathering our picnic foods uh you know always going for the acne bread going for some sort of prosciutto's deli meats and of course i think there was a cowgirl uh creamery yeah. at the time uh great so like almost an impromptu charcuterie board but in our hands of course with some fruits you know and then taking the ferry uh to sausalito and picnicking there mm. and enjoying that side i'm from the peninsula so we don't really get to enjoy the north bay that much mm. But uh, the the reason why I enjoy that a lot is because you kind of have three picnics and once, you know, waiting for the ferry on the ferry and then finally when you get to <laughs> <laughs> yes. the Hobbit uh, version of picnicking. Comes... I like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, like I'm, I'm moving to Maryland soon. And so I'm kind of mourning all this, you know, Bay Area knowledge of picnicking and foods and stuff lost. But mm. and starting over. But I'm I'm really glad uh uh, that you know, on the ferry, you really feel and take in the energy of the bay. So I love that, Soji. Uh, that's something I that always sticks with me. Yeah. Well, you have a new bay awaiting you. So that's true. That's true. That's true. And <laughs> and you know, the ferry. I I actually agree, um, Soji. My uh, favorite thing is to go to the Japanese spot in the ferry building and then get on the ferry and sit on the upper deck. And just go across to the to the East Bay eating that food. That to me, oh man, so that that could be the best picnic for me because I love the bay so much and I love that particular route. Um, should we go? Let's uh, get to another uh, call here. Let's go to uh, Chloe in San Jose. Yes. Hi. Good morning. Hey. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so, yeah, so one of my favorite places to go, because uh, I have two kids, one is three and one is eight, is uh, the San Francisco Zoo, because there are plenty of uh, picnic tables. And um, But usually, you know, these parks, um, the food can be so-so. So we bring our own food, and uh, you were talking about immigrant cuisine. So what I like, my or like we are from France, so what we do, or what I do, is actually I make a quiche. And then, you know, let it cool and then I cut some slices so you can eat with your hands because, you know, you mm-hmm. were talking also about it's, you know, a bonus point if you can eat with your hands. <laughs> uh, it's definitely something we do. Um, and another favorite that we always bring uh, and the kids love is cherry tomatoes, especially, oh, yeah. you know, uh, it's easy to grow if you have a little piece of, uh, of a garden or you can even grow on your uh, balcony if you have one. Uh, cherry tomatoes are just so good, you know. Mm-hmm. So my kids just love that, and of course, you know, watermelon and stuff. And she, I mean, we're French, right? So <laughs> she's she's pretty big, you know. <laughs> another thing I I make sometimes is gougère. 
but oh, that, yeah. that is not necessarily a picnic thing, but it's really easy to make. You don't need that many ingredients, right? It's just butter, flour, water, and cheese. Um, and those are like delicious and super easy to share. Like if you bring those in parties or picnic, it's usually a big hit. And kids and adults love them. That's beautiful, Chloe. So thank you. Like uh, our ah, I love it. I love uh, all those things. Um, uh, Simeon, do you have? Um, there's the quiche. There's like the Spanish tortilla in kind of a, a similar vein. Those kind of egg-based things that are very portable. Do you have any of those other ones or, or those? Oh kind of, yeah, I mean yeah. the one from you know from my family from the Persian culture is cuckoo, and uh, like our sort of like main one is cuckoo sabzi, just made with all sorts of herbs and greens. And I would say it's like the inverse relationship of frittata of like greens to egg of mm. a frittata. So it's like mostly greens, just barely bound together by egg. So you very you like really feel like Popeye when you eat it. Like you're like, <laughs> <laughs> but, Sasha, um, you need to check your teeth afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're and um, but it's 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 that's also I grew up eating that really. That's a I would say a classic Persian picnic food too because it does really well at room temperature or even cold. And you can make it in advance and just, like, eat it in slices, stick it in a pita, eat it not in a pita. It's really good with feta cheese or pickles. And um, it's it's just, like, it's a great, you know, as a bite, as a slice. Uh, I love a cuckoo. Yeah, oh, love it. Um, the other, oh, the ahead. other thing that, um, the other thing that these past few callers have made me think about, which I didn't per se talk about specifically in my guide, but I feel like in the Bay Area, you have to talk about fresh fruit, um, yes. just as as a picnic thing, um, because I think like you you can prepare all these complicated dishes and you can buy these amazing things, um, but a lot of times like like right now, like if you show up at a picnic with like. Perfect, per, like a flat of perfect in-season strawberries, mm -hmm. like people will just lose their go, minds. Go, go nuts for that. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, and I think that even that I think has this kind of multicultural spin to it because I think like for instance, like during the summertime, um, there are all these like Indian shops, uh, grocers, um, like in the South Bay and even in Berkeley, where you can get. Like, uh, like you have to buy a whole box. They won't sell you like the mangoes. So, Is that so where you're going? Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm yeah. going. You can get the perfect, these incredible Alfonso or Kizar mangoes um, that are like already so ripe that like you can't even keep them. You have to <laughs> eat them outside because they're so sticky. And, and, and they are like, like people in the U.S. like have no idea about mangoes, but like mm -hmm. Asian mangoes is just like a whole nother level in terms of sweetness and juiciness. And like, I, I just, I don't know if I've experienced that at a picnic, but like just thinking about it makes me oh, like it's the so best. happy. <laughs> it's the best. I also feel very strongly when it comes to stone fruit season. Mm. That, and if you're, if you're taking your fruit, on a picnic, you have to really pack it very delicately and carefully so it doesn't get smushed. Oh, my gosh, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, like, if yeah. you're bringing apricots, you know, put them in an egg carton. And <laughs> so a padded box, a little padded box yeah. with velvet. Yeah. Treat your you fruit with there. care. I'm very, I'm, I'm like the international fruit carer. Okay, <laughs> do not smash your fruit. That's <laughs> or, definitely. I pack my, I, I pack my avocados in my chore coat pockets if I yes. have gone to the store, um, because I feel like I, I do not want them with anything else getting smushed. No, yeah. exactly. Um, let, uh, let's uh, get. 
And this is a fun one. Uh, Ari in Crockett, welcome. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I am uh, calling to talk about a, a hidden gem in the Bay Area, uh, Crockett, California. Actually, if anyone's ever driven uh, up eighty, and right before you get to the Carquinez Bridge, you'll see the CNH Sugar Factory. That is the little town of Crockett. Uh, around it are amazing little hikes and trails and picnic places where you can have uh, a view of the Carquinez um, Strait and across the water to Penicia. Um, and the picnic place of my choice is Lucia's Craft Sandwiches. Mm. Um, mm? These are these are not your grandma's sandwiches. These are artisanal, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, That's my friend Katie's uh, shop. Katie, shout out <laughs> yes. Katie. Yeah, shout out to Katie. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know Katie, but um, <laughs> Chef Randy is the one who put it together. He's the uh, sandwich savant, I would say, <laughs> uh, with his sandwiches. Uh, things like uh, his turkey sandwich, for example, has um, you know fresh spreadable cheeses, avocado. And a house-made um, uh, pickles and pickled onions and pomegranate vinaigrette. Uh, they're just they're they're oh, fantastic. That family. sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Fantastic. All right, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. I also. The one thing I always want to do when I'm in Crockett is I want to play on the bocce court that's right across from the sugar factory. I don't know if you guys know about that spot. Yeah. That seems like a good place to eat a sandwich. Play a little bocce. You know. Yeah. The pool's um, great, too. Yeah. Um, another listener writes, this is a great story. One time at Poplar Beach in Half Moon Bay, there was a family sitting at a picnic table deep-frying samosas, dropping sliced veggies in a batter and then a pot of oil on a little gas barbecue. They noticed me eyeing their setup, handed me and my kids one fresh out the fryer, wrapped in a paper towel. I couldn't believe how perfectly crispy and delicious they were. And then that person said, make sure you tell Luke Sai the story. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this is Luke Sai's all-time favorite story from a listener, I'm guessing. Um, the, no, the listener didn't actually write that. I added that, but it is true. That, to me, that story, Luke, is like kind of the embodiment of the kind of coverage you do, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, what a perfect story. Um, and I think, again, just listening to all these callers um, and and just the stories that people have shared um, during this hour just makes me think about how a picnic is really like the perfect way to sort of share a piece of your food culture with someone else, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's like totally low-key, you know, uh, non-intimidating and just like very authentic because you're out, you're outdoors, your kids are running around and someone has just made this like beautiful thing from their culture to share with you, you know? And I think that is just a beautiful thing that I think we, happens every day here in the Bay area. Um, mm-hmm. Just, just like that moment that, that, that listener shared, yeah, like I, I, I want someone to offer me samosas. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like that, that, that's what I want. I love that. Um, so, I mean, this one's coming to you. A listener writes in to say, in summertime with my kids, we often take our dinner to the beach in Pacifica where we live. As long as it's not super windy but overcast and gray, we're all good. I pack Milanese mm-hmm. sandwiches. Um, chicken cutlets, mayo, arugula, squeeze of lemon on ciabatta buns, potato chips, watermelon, cookies, sparkly lemonade, and cold wine for adults. I've also been known to just grab pizzas and a bowl of olives and drinks for an impromptu picnic dinner. Here's the question. Uh, listener writes and say, I have a 
permanent picnic go bag in my car at all times. People can't believe it, but I always have cheese knives, wine opener, napkins, bamboo utensils, and Duralex glasses wrapped in uh, dish towels. Samin, if you had to build, I love, first of all, this is like the anti-apocalyptic go bag. It's like the picnic go bag. So if you were to build a picnic go bag or you have one already, what, what do you think you'd put in there? I mean, sh- this person sounds like they've got it. <laughs> they've got much. it down. Yeah, I would it's gonna be our add, next like, pledge some... gift on KQED. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would probably add some wet wipes. You know. Yeah. That's... <laughs> but yeah, maybe I know. Yeah, that's pretty uh, much it. One of the things I'll, I'll say is, you know, to, I guess to show my identity as a picnic person is like many years ago, someone gifted me and my wife um, a picnic uh, backpack which is literally like it is a giant backpack. Um, and everybody makes fun of me when I bring it to a picnic because it's this humongous backpack and you lug it on the hike or whatever. But then you get to the top of the mountain and you open it up and it's got like All compartments. It's, it's got a tablecloth. It's got like real plates and silverware. It's got wine glasses. It's got like salt and pepper shaker. Like it has all this. It has a little cutting board so that you can slice up your bread. And it's like one of those where like, you know, one of those scenes where like you, you it's like an infinite bag. Mary Poppins you, situation. You keep on pulling stuff out and they're like, oh, it has this. It has this. Um, so I think that would be a great KQ, KQED yes, that's right. yeah, that's <laughs> listener <laughs> gift. <laughs> In fact, you actually do have a picnic go bag, Luke. I think that's amazing. I, I really do. Um, a couple other, uh, and feel free to shout out if you if you know any of these places. Uh, one listener writes in Dharma's in Santa Cruz. Get kitchari to comfort oh, yeah. food, uh, basmati rice, cooked lentil, spices, cilantro to go with a giant salad and dressing on the side. They'll give you food in a solid carrying box. Then go to Rio Del Mar Beach near Aptos, blessed as the sun goes down. One person, I, two other classics. A listener shouts out, I love a sunny day on Lake Merritt. Grab friends, sit on a blanket on the grass. You're instantly part of a big party with all of Oakland walking by. Totally agree. And Doug writes in, a spot that seems so uniquely San Francisco and a place I've been going to ever since I was introduced to it 20 years ago, Stern Grove. Also mm. an amazing uh, one. Um, Samin Nosrat, author of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Oh, thanks so much. What a fun way to spend the morning. <laughs> Good luck cooking uh, all day for the rest of the day. Uh, Thank really you. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> and also, KQED food editor Luke Sai, your guide is so good. It's how to put together the perfect Bay Area picnic. It's on kqed.org. And thank you, as always, for joining us um, here on All You Can Eat. Thanks so much, Alexis. Thanks. All of our listeners, thank you so much. The community really came through today. So appreciate that. And I loved hearing about all of your spots from northern Mexico to Pacifica. Um, I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is Forum. Stay tuned for more right after the break with guest host Scott Schaefer. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. 
Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.